Hey, what's up everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we'll attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. This is the part two of the business IT alignment episode. If you've not listened to the previous episode, it would be a good idea to go back and listen to the previous episode and then listen to this one. In the previous episode, we talked about business IT alignment and we talked about why business IT alignment is not really an issue simply because IT is no different from any other business function within the enterprise. I also took the example of a pharma organization and the drug development process and I explained how the drug development process goes in a pharma industry, how there are various kinds of tests that need to be done and the results need to be submitted to the regulatory bodies, which then eventually either approve the results and give you a go-ahead to move on to the next process or the patent fails. I also talked about how the the drug development process is a cost to the organization. There is a certain amount of time that you get the patent for. And then the lower the amount of time you take in the development of the drug, the more profitability the organization has. And then we stopped at the point where we talked about how technology can help in reducing the drug development process. Now, during the testing process, the clinical trials and the animal trials don't really take a lot of time. Maximum amount of time is spent in human trials. So let's understand how technology can help in expediting the human trials process. One of the biggest challenges in the drug development process, especially during the human trials, is examining the validity of the data that is being collected during the human trials. Let's continue with our fictitious example and let's imagine that there is a plant extract that has been discovered that seems to cure heart ailments. Now, in a normal human trial process, what we would do is, you know, once we've proved on the petri dish in the clinical trials that it potentially can resolve heart ailments and if, and then we induce uh, heart diseases into animals and then do animal trials where we prove that the animals can recover from a, a cardiac arrest using this drug and that the side effects are minimal, we move on to the human trials. Here what we do is we ask the volunteers who are suffering from heart disease to take this drug whenever they are experiencing a heart attack. So they are given specific instructions that in case if you experience a heart attack, the first thing that you need to do is take the medicine and then immediately call a certain number so that an ambulance will arrive and then once the ambulance arrives, they will take you to the nearest hospital. And during the process of taking you to the hospital, they will immediately start monitoring what's happening with your body. So how the drug is taking effect, what are the side effects that you're getting, whether you're getting better or not, all of that. Now, in practical terms, what really does happen is when a patient is experiencing a heart attack, there's a chance that he might panic. 
he might not remember to take the medicine on time or to call the right authorities. Uh, it's possible that they might go to the nearest hospital and say that they're experiencing a heart attack. The hospital might give them some other drugs and they might not know that the, the patient is volunteering for a trial drug. After a while, he might remember that, oh yes, I am actually supposed to take that drug and then he takes the drug and then they call the right authorities and the ambulance does come to the other hospital where he's already checked himself in. And that's when they start monitoring what's happening with their body. Unfortunately, they've probably already taken some other drug at that point in time, which might interfere with the results. And, and we've lost quite a lot of time when it comes to monitoring the, the benefits of that drug on the patient. Now, let me introduce technology here. Let's say that there is a wearable device that the patient can wear on his wrist. We already know that there are so many wearable devices which are uh, which can track what's happening in our body very effectively these days. If you take the standard Apple Watch, it can monitor sleep, it can monitor heartbeat, it can monitor many other things. They have been known to successfully alert the wearer about an impending cardiac arrest quite successfully, although they do uh, give you the message that this device is not really meant to to alert a person on the event of a cardiac arrest, they do it quite effectively. Now, let's imagine that this is not the standard Apple Watch that we are talking about. Let's say that it is designed to alert a patient on the happening of a cardiac arrest. And I have read some research that there are devices already in place that can do quite a lot more than the standard Apple Watch. I've read an article that says that our perspiration has about 70% of the markers that are there in our blood. So we don't really need a blood test every single time. We can monitor the perspiration coming out of our wrist and catch most of our blood markers. Let's imagine that there is such a device that can track majority of the bodily functions that are required for this drug test. Now, it's not just the monitoring of the body, right? There are a number of other functions that this device can provide. Let's say that the patient wears this device and goes about his business. And then one day, the patient experiences a cardiac arrest. The device would not only alert the patient to have the right kind of drug, it would alert the right kind of authorities using the internet about a possible heart attack and continue to monitor the bodily functions on it. So now the patient doesn't really panic. The patient has the right drug at the right time. The authorities are informed at the right time. It continues to monitor the bodily functions while the ambulance is still arriving uh, to catch the patient or to take the patient to the right hospital. And most of the bodily functions are already being monitored. And once the ambulance arrives, they take the patient uh, into the ambulance and to the right hospital and they start monitoring the patient in a more accurate way using the right devices and we save a tremendous amount of time. So now what happens is the accuracy and the validity of the data that we are collecting is much better. It's not being interfered by any other drug. We don't waste a lot of time. The patient doesn't panic and we have better results. This improves the accuracy of the data and saves us a lot more time. We need to do a lot less of this 
uh, of the trial we need a lesser number of volunteers and we need to do the tests for a lesser period of time now think about it is it easier for the business to come to the technology people tell them their business challenge about a really long trial period and come up with a technology solution like this i think not i think it's easier for the technology people to understand the business challenge about a really long trial period and come up with a technology solution like this i think it's always advisable for the technology people to have a deeper understanding of the business to have a seat at the strategy table to and to come up with technology solutions that break the barriers and the reason i say this is because it's very easy for the business people to be blindsided and i have seen many examples of this there was this one time when um, i was talking to one of my uh, uh, business stakeholders and uh, they were explaining a certain and this is a finance company i'm talking about and they were uh, talking about a certain process and they said that okay we Uh, do this this is the next step and then we copy this data from this application we close the application and then we open this other application and we paste the data here and then the next step is and so on and so forth so i said wait a minute you copy the data like control c the data and then paste it into the other application he said yes i said you don't see a problem there i say he says no and that's the thing it's such a simple thing both the applications could integrate and the data can be transferred from one application into the other automatically and there would be much better data accuracy there will be uh, much less time and much uh, less prone to human errors and it's something that the business stakeholder could not see because the business stakeholders are more focused on the actual business they're not really focused on the technology now i am not saying that business stakeholders can never Uh, see technology problems but i I'm, i'm just saying that there is a higher propensity that business people would focus on business problems and technology people would focus on technology problems technology problems are very much visible to us they are all around us because that's our that's the technology people's mindset to look at technology from different sides different angles and see if we can find a better solution now traditionally some of the business functions were called profit centers and this is when i was working with a software services company where i learned the term of profit center some of these business functions are called profit centers because they affect the top line they bring in more business they are the core business functions so to speak and it traditionally has been considered to be a cost center because it was believed that it does not directly impact the top line or the profit of the business but i think that that needs to change now it can practically transform the way we do business there's this book i'm reading called the blue ocean strategy and it primarily talks about how an organization can launch itself into new markets new areas of business and improve its productivity and prof- uh, profitability uh, and that's what they call the blue ocean strategy the red ocean strategy is where there's just too much competition and Uh, it's because of the fight between the competition that that the ocean has turned red uh, with each other's blood but the blue ocean strategy is when a company goes into a business where there's nobody else it's a green field and 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 you go there and there are there's so much potential that technology can change the way the organization does business and launches itself into a blue ocean into a green field market 
completely changing the game. I don't think that we should use the term uh, cost center for IT anymore. It's not just a cost anymore. It's a rainmaker. It's a... It's like the elevators in construction architecture. I read this somewhere. This is not an example that I came up with. Think about it. Before we invented elevators, we used to have houses that were just four or five stories tall. And this was because ultimately we would have to climb all those stories, all those floors. After we invented the elevator, literally and metaphorically speaking, Sky is the limit. We started building skyscrapers because we no longer had to take the stairs to get to the top floor. It has changed the way we do construction drastically, tremendously, completely. IT is like the elevators. We used to build houses in the past. Now we build skyscrapers. And we still want to call it cost centers. The whole point of business IT alignment is that IT used to be a separate organization at one point in time. And there used to be a disconnect of the business with that organization. Today, IT is an uh, integral part of all organizations. And the communication challenges that we face between departments and between mindsets uh, is there between all business functions. There could be a mindset difference between business in HR or business in marketing or business in procurement. Uh, similarly, there could be a mindset difference between business and IT. So we don't really need what you call business IT alignment. Of course, IT does need to understand the business and come up with the best technology solutions and transform the business into a blue ocean all the time. And that definitely is a challenge. And one of the things that all businesses can do is stop treating it like a cost center, treat it more like a strategic function, give them a seat at the strategic table, talk to them more often, and encourage them to talk to other functions more often. Of course, we need uh, strategic enterprising IT leaders as well who understand technology well and who are good communicators and who talk to the business more often. People who think about the business, who think about the business transformation, who think about how they can innovate using technology and help the business achieve its business objectives. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. More about organizational agility, innovation, and enterprise architecture in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. The URL to join the group is https colon slash slash t.me slash enterprise architecture radio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, we are very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one. 